Listening to the Cannabis Hangout. Two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while, while we, we break, break it all down. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's show, we have the pleasure of speaking with Jacob, who's with Oklahoma Fungi, which is the number one supplier of mushroom growth supplies and education here in Oklahoma. He supplies over 20 stores throughout the state and sells directly to consumers online, too. He has a plethora of knowledge and travels all over, so we're excited to chat with him. So please welcome Jacob to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, Jacob. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Super stoked to be here. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us. So let's just start from the beginning. Will you please share with us um, the first time you ever experienced cannabis, like your first high, the first run-in you had, what that was like? Yeah, so uh, my, my first time I actually ever got high was on my 18th birthday. Okay. And I was, I actually took a Greyhound to visit a friend out in Tucson, Arizona. And it cool. took, it took like 26 hours. Wow. It was the cheapest way to get there. I couldn't afford a plane ticket. And I wanted to see my friend and hang out. So I went out there and we're at this party. And as we're, as we're sitting outside, everyone's passing around a joint. At the time, I, I had no idea what a joint was. I'd never, I'd legitimately never seen a joint. I'd seen mm-hmm. alcohol. I didn't really grow up around cannabis. I didn't know about cannabis. And so as I saw it being passed around and everyone hitting it, I was like, okay, like everyone's doing it. And then um, when it got to me, I was like, no, like, I'm okay. And then I passed it to the next person. And then it the, just kept going around. That joint passed around. Eventually it went out. And then after that, I looked at my friend and I was like, you know, I think I'll try it, actually. Can Do you have any more? And they were like, come on, we just finished it. <laughs> You're like, I just had to observe. Yeah, but so, but for me, it was really interesting because I didn't grow up around, and I didn't grow up around anyone who consumed cannabis. I didn't know what the smell of cannabis was. Yeah. And so for me, it was like something that I needed. You know, I had heard so much negative stigma around cannabis, and to see people my age using it, still being functional, still being happy, not having negative side effects, not having the fried brain that everyone or that the majority of the cannabis uh, I mean uh, reefer madness wanted us to believe yes mm-hmm. for sure yeah so for me it was just you know within that 30 second time 30 minute time frame it was a, a nice eye-opening experience to see that a lot of the negative things that people had tried to put in my um as like a blinder yeah right? a lot of, I grew up in a, a I grew up going to private school a catholic private school okay so, uh, cannabis was not something that I was familiar with yeah Mm. definitely (laughs) my first experience you know um right after I right after we smoked the joint I I went through the whole joint and so that that for me wow you went through the whole joint (laughs) on your first time holy cow it it wasn't just me though it wasn't just me it was a couple of it was all the all the other people who were consuming as well and so at the end of it 
um, they actually had some Sour Patch watermelons. Mm -hmm. And that is like my go-to thing now. I'm 26 <laughs> now. You know, I was 18 when I started. So it's like eight years, even eight okay. years wow. later. That's awesome. When I smoke, if there's Sour Patch watermelons, that's my go-to. It's your game that's over. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's like awesome. a nice little introduction. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> little Sour Patch hug. Yeah. <laughs> so we all have our go-to ways to consume cannabis. Mm -hmm. What is your preferred way? Yeah. Uh, so my preferred way, actually, when, when I, I'll just start like, my evolution, if you don't mind. Yeah. So yeah, when I first started, I didn't know anything other than flour. So when I went out to Tucson and I smoked with my friend, and then I got on the bus and came all the way back to Oklahoma, I didn't smoke for another six months. Oh wow. I okay. didn't. I didn't know who had it. I didn't yeah, know where it was. I, I didn't get know. It. I, it was just. It was kind of like out of my element. Yes. Uh -huh. and and so, like who are you gonna ask exactly. when you're if you weren't like in that position? You were just in sitting there in the circle. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And. You know, mailing wasn't like really anything that you think about right. back then. But now, now that I'm much older, I'm like, yeah, that was definitely happening. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a great idea. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, I ended up waiting like another six months. And then my freshman year of college, getting into, um, you know, going into like some of the orientations and meeting other people. Yeah. And some people were like, yeah, like you want to come over and smoke? And I was like, whoa, okay, there's people here who do it too. Yeah, yeah you're like, so, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, that really started the journey. And so I would say for the first, like, two years, I uh, I learned how to, like, roll my own joints. I consumed uh, through smoking joints and, uh, you know, a little bit of bong grips uh, every now and then. Yeah. My brother had a cool bong that we used to use. And, um, but after that, when I started getting into, like, when after college and I was and I got a job at a science lab, I yeah. couldn't really smell like weed all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. In class, I didn't care. Going to soccer practice, didn't care. But for the most part, you know, when I you know, when I got out of college and I got into the professional business aspect, I was like, okay, it probably shouldn't smell like this all the time. Yeah, you and figured so, it out. Yeah, at that yeah. time, my tolerance had built up. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my good friends had just gotten, this was in 2019 or 20. No, this is in 2022. Okay. So just, did you grow up here in yeah. Edmond or Oklahoma City area? I grew up 12 minutes south of here. Okay. Yeah. So cool. I, grew, I grew up in Oklahoma City, been here, born and raised. And, um, but so my friend had a Puffco. Okay. And that was the first time that I'd ever seen a cannabis concentrate mm -hmm. and seen it used in a super discreet way that was portable. You yeah. Did, you didn't need glass. It's a good way need, to see it. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, I was just like, okay. This means that I don't have to have, you know, the torch. I don't have to have the glass. Rig. Yeah, all of that really hardcore looking <laughs> paraphernalia type. Well, and like, and like for me, it was just it had to do with like the space. Yeah. And so like I'm still living at my parents' house. Right. You don't have right? room for all of that like glassware, like wild objects thing. Looking. Yeah. And if I your mom finds it, she's gonna freak out. Like, yeah. what the fuck right. is this? No, like at the time, I'm only like when I was living with my parents, I was only smoking joints at night. Yeah. After my parents had gone to bed. Yeah. Right. And then we would leave the door unlocked, and then walk back in through the front door. But occasionally, my parents—I don't know if they did this on purpose or not. But they would lock my, they would lock me and my brother out. And they then, definitely did that on yeah, purpose, one hundred percent. Then we would have to climb through the window high, and it felt like the <laughs> hardest, longest experience of climbing through a window because this is like when we first started, and yeah. so we're like trying to help each other through the window. Yeah. And we're high and we're giggling. Yeah. And That's hilarious. Did your parents know you were going to the window? They probably, they probably did. They, yeah, um, but they, it's kind of like a thing that. Because my parents didn't grow up consuming cannabis or yeah. around cannabis, they were just kind of like they wanted to turn a, a blind eye to it. Yes, as long and I think if it would have been negatively impacting us, mm -hmm. like everyone said it would, right. they would have been more on us about yeah, it. But because sure. we were still 
you know, we were playing college soccer at OCU. Okay. We're doing functional being. Right. I, I don't know. I guess the things they were told we couldn't if we use cannabis. They weren't noticing you like, you know, declining and at different yeah. aspects or like, areas. To me, it's like it's a terrible, it's a terrible stereotype. The stony, the, the lazy stoner. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that is just because there's so many people who use it functionally. There's so many people who use it as medicine right. to help them throughout their day with nerve pain. Mm-hmm. Not everyone smokes and sits down. Now, at the end of the day, a long day, I do want to smoke and sit down. Yeah. Yeah. But there are other times where I need to smoke to help with my nerve pain and stuff like that in my back. Okay. Okay. So you've talked about your brother a little bit and I just am curious, when did, did you guys start consuming around the same time? Like what was that conversation like with him? Because I know with siblings, it's always nice to have one sibling that's in in on your shenanigans with you because then you just kind of feel alone and you, prior to us hopping on this podcast, you have a lot of siblings. So what was that like kind of diving into that with your brother? Yeah, so my, my brother actually, I was really nervous to tell him. Yeah. Because, uh, like, as being the oldest, like, growing up, I was always, my parents were always like, don't ruin things for your siblings. Don't ruin, like, when yeah. the oldest ends up It learning. was all on you. Exactly. <laughs> and so for me, I was like, whoa, this is actually so cool, though. Yeah. And so um, when he turned 18, um, I was like, hey, let's go out to the, let's go outside. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to show you something. And yeah. that was when, uh. We first smoked together. How was that? Yeah, it was really, really What was cool. he like? Like, was he like, no? Was he weirded out? Was he like, no, so? He was, he was all for it. He, growing up, like, I was really, I was the most straight-lined person in my family. Yeah. And so for me to have gone so, diff, to, to be so different now, I think that when my siblings see that, they're like, okay, yeah, he's, you know, we've seen him. Mm-hmm. And we, we know right. what, what he's um, trying to do and we, we support that and so I was really grateful that my brother didn't you know say oh I don't want to try that mm-hmm. I'm gonna go tell mom and dad um, you know he trusted me he knew that I wouldn't do something that would be detrimental for both of us yeah, yeah. it wasn't my first time so mm-hmm. I knew that um, I could at least help him if it right. was you know because mm-hmm. what's interesting you know not everyone has the same the same experience yeah and so like when my youngest my second to youngest sister turned 18 and we started consuming. She actually started to have some really bad visuals, overwhelming visuals okay. from cannabis. Interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who, you know, who argue to the end of the day that that's not possible. Mm-hmm. And the reality is everyone's body is different. Yeah, everyone yeah. mentally and physically receives the cannabinoids in the way that those interact in our receptors differently. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is crazy wow. to yeah. think though about overwhelming visuals. I'm yeah. trying to figure out what that would be yeah. from cannabis I happening. Know. She she described it to me as what it's like when I describe her my mushroom experience. Okay. Oh, and okay. so for and so like as her older brother, I'm like, okay, please do not consume anymore, hmm. you know, or at mm-hmm. least in moderation and figure out, you know, was it, because it's just so interesting. And it's like, like how was it grown? You know, Where did you, yeah, like, was all it of the that? strain? Was it the genetic? Like, exactly. there's so much, but it yeah. also could just be cannabis in general. Exactly. And so the, the, what's interesting about it is it was flower. And so she, she had a, uh, it was a medical card. I had a medical card, had the flower. And so that was when my brother turned 18. He did not, we did the medical program had not passed. But by the time my second to youngest sister did, the medical program is already here. Okay. So that's, for me, I knew that it was, it was tested, it was tested cannabis. So it mm-hmm. couldn't have been laced with something. Yeah. Right. It was also something that my brother and I had consumed. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, and so for me, it's really interesting that, you know, even like within my own family, everyone's experience is a little bit different. Right. And so if you just kind of scale that up, mm-hmm. you can think about how different it could be for everyone in the community mm-hmm. and, 
I definitely, that's one thing I always try and, you know, educate people about is not everyone has the same experience. Yes. Some people can really feel a difference. And that's one thing that we're learning more and more about mushrooms is that potency is so uh, widely varied in mm-hmm. the spectrum of compounds are too. Yeah. yeah. We have um, a lot of questions about that coming so soon. So many. <laughs> um, so how has been, how has cannabis been an ally throughout your life and like, how has it been beneficial to you? Yeah. So, um, I've had a couple of really traumatic experiences in my life. A um, couple of like just two of them mainly that really affect me. I was hit on a motorcycle a couple of years ago and I like flew off of the motorcycle and uh, I had this weird out of body experience where I kind of went back and my body went forward and I saw myself like slide across the pavement. Wow. And um, after that, I um, the, the guy who actually hit me was a hit and run. And so oh, uh, wow. thank God some people stopped and helped me and then called the police and they ended up arresting that guy, et cetera. But it was a long traumatic process for me. And one thing that cannabis helped me with, I initially used it for pain relief because mm-hmm. I had always known that it, it could help me with pain and with relaxation. But one thing that it actually helped me with like subconsciously was that PTSD was mm-hmm. the the negative effects, like the sleeping, the anxiety of driving anymore, the anxiety of turning right on a red, um, like of, of watching people turn right on a red light. Because mm-hmm. for me, I'm driving on a motorcycle and it's a green light. The person pulls up to turn right on the red. They don't even check if I'm there. And yeah. that's how they hit me. And so, you know, driving was a little bit scary. Yeah, I and can so imagine. so after that, uh, fast forward a couple of years and I woke up in a house fire. And so my house was on fire. I woke up coughing, you know, like the standard typical drop to your knees and crawl out type shit. Oh, my gosh. And so that like was... With your family or just... I was the only one home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How did it happen? Um, so the house was built in the early... It was like early 19... It was like 15 or 16. Yeah. And it was like over 100 years old. Yeah. And so it's just a super el- old house. Yeah. And the electrical system and all that was very outdated and the regulations that we have today are not what they had, you know, a hundred years ago. And so unfortunately, um, it happened. I woke up in a fire and that, you know, that gave me a lot of anxiety from sleeping. Yeah. Right. So I, I, for months after that, I could not go to sleep. I was afraid that something would happen as soon Mm -hmm. as I sleep. And then once I did go to sleep, I would, uh, I'd have really bad night sweats or I'd wake up afraid that something was about to happen right Mm -hmm. and so I started using um I started using cannabis uh edibles at night and that I found you know smoking cannabis at night was something that I was had been doing Mm -hmm. since the motorcycle accident and that had been helping me relax yeah but it wasn't helping me stay asleep because now I have this like scared feeling that I need to wake up and that I can't that I can't relax and so that's when I started consuming edibles, like the 11-hydroxy, you know, that just hits me different and mm-hmm. it really puts me down. And so I'm really grateful, you know, to cannabis and all the different cannabinoids that there are, all the different compounds that, that can be made when they metabolize in our body because they really do different things for me. Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. Yeah. So you've really taken like cannabis by I feel like the neck and just like really ran with it in regards to like learning it 
How has cannabis helped expand your journey with other plant medicine in regards to learning about it and really like diving deep? Because plants can be so overwhelming. There's so many different types of plants that do so many different types of things. That's why I avoid them. Yeah. So (laughs) even just to get into like a little bit of an outside scope of plant medicine, like how has cannabis helped that and expand that journey for you? The only reason I said I avoid it is because for mushrooms, it's a lot easier because they're different color shapes and sizes. Yeah. Where plants are all green. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> but yeah, so for, I would say that my intro to cannabis was almost like a intro to a new tr- school of thought. Like for me, it really changed my way of approaching natural plants, like seeing poisonous plants, seeing um, you know, psychedelic plants, seeing the edible plants, and then the, you know, the plants and stuff that are still kind of unknown or still yet to be discovered. So for me, it was more of this journey of this is something that I never knew about. I was never told about. Mm-hmm. I was never told any benefits for sure. I was always told the negative things. And then fast forward to all these benefits that I'm receiving, all the help that it's done for me and for my family. It's like, okay, well, what else is out there? And it's just like, Right. You know, it's like it all it took was me to find cannabis and to see the the benefits that it had for me and to see for my family to see the benefits that it had mm-hmm. for me for them to support me for them to say we understand why you use we we support you using cannabis yeah. my, you know and now I have a medical card my dad has a medical card wow. my sister has a medical wow, card that's cool. medical, so we have four of we have four of eight people in my family Okay. Wow. That's cool that you've been able to impact them and help inspire in that sense, because, you know, a bunch of family members that can be hard to crack, Mm -hmm. you know, especially coming from a religious background where I feel like, especially for parents, it's what will the community think? Mm -hmm. Like what will people at church think or mosque or whatever the case may be? So uh, that's that's very admirable that you got your parents into it and like open to receiving and the thought of, you know, consuming natural plant medicine, because I know that can be really frowned upon. It was not easy. Um, So the very first time. So, okay, in between when I when I turned 18 and got to try and then when my brother turned 18, we had a Thanksgiving and I had been on Twitter and I'm like, oh, my God, everyone's talking about Thanksgiving. Everyone's talking about getting high and how much better the food tastes, <laughs> right? And this is my yeah. first time. This yeah. is my first time ever. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I, I never <laughs> smoke during the day. I always smoke at night so no one can know. I yeah, can it's a huge to deal to be like, yes. what's going to happen when I do it in yeah. front of everyone too? And so, well, the worst thing could have happened. Oh, no. I got incredibly stoned. When I walked in, my parents looked at me. They kind of like um, – I'm not even sure what the term would be like. I could just tell their face. They were like, what is, what's different? Yeah. And so they didn't say anything. And then we sat down and we, you know, said, um, you know, thanks, like blessings and all that for the food. And then we all kind of sat there and I'm sitting on one end of the table. I'll never forget. I'm sitting in the very, like the end of the table and my parents are sitting on the other end and they're like, are you high? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like. What a blunt question. And so. You know, I was very, very embarrassed. You said I was, yes. Yeah, I was very, yeah, I, it was just. Oh, that's, I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah, and so it was really embarrassing. Really and it was dang. like, this is, you know, this is like not the experience. This is not Thanksgiving. This is not, 
<laughs> you know, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is not how they described it in the Reddit threads. <laughs> yes. I am like all of like the pictures of everyone smiling together and like enjoying like all this turkey. And I'm like, damn, wish it couldn't be me. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so yeah. funny. And so I always think back on that memory. I'm just like now when I see my dad smoking, my brother smoking and like, you know, um, one person I didn't mention is my grandmother. And, you know, she's someone who, uh, for my entire life, she's complained, um, not complained, I shouldn't say that. She's had issues with fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And she's always, she's growing up being out uh, with her, she's always talked to me about how she's complained about the pharmaceutical medicines that she's on, how they're addictive. And uh, the medicine that she was on is Lyrica. And I don't know if you guys... I've seen the commercial for Lyrica. It is incredibly addictive. And yeah. if you know anyone on it, I highly recommend that you try and um, you know, try, find an alternative if you can. Yeah. Some people, unfortunately, cannot. But for my grandmother, she was on Lyrica for many, many years. And um, she has severe like neuropathy and fibromyalgia. So nerve pain, uh, physical pain. And this just like set, puts her down. She can't move. She can't mm-hmm. do anything. She just has to lay in bed and... My grandfather takes care of her. And so this is something that, you know, I didn't know if it could help her. Mm -hmm. And slowly as, you know, my family became more open about it, my grandmother became more open about it, and Mm. now my grandmother has a card. That's amazing. And so, you know, I have all the way, so my my mom doesn't have a card, but her mom does. Mm -hmm. And so then my dad does, and then my siblings do. And so for me, you know, each person in my family uses it for a different reason, but we've all seen benefits. We're all still functional. We're all still kind human beings. Yeah. And that's what we're really trying to break down those stigmas. We're trying to help show people that you can come from the place that I did and you can change your whole life and change people around you. That's so cool. That is really I cool. I love that you, that's very special to have your family to be able to bond over a healing plant like that because I think this plant either unites or divides, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense, and that can divide families. And it did. It absolutely did for sure. I was I was the black sheep for a long time, and my parents, oh, my gosh, I remember the worst, and maybe you guys have heard this, is do you have to smoke every time you hang around us? <laughs> yeah. Or, is, or it's, do you have to be high when you're around us? Yeah, like what is it? Is it yeah. us that you have to, yeah. like, be exactly. altered for because you can't stand to be in our presence? Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, that was something that took me a long time to get over <laughs> and for me to be able to explain to my parents, hey, I have anxiety. I have PTSD. I have things that I'm going through, and this is medicine that helps mm-hmm. me. I'm sorry you didn't learn about it when you were my age. But the internet is amazing. Yeah, and I'm here to teach and you. I'm, exactly. <laughs> and I'm here to better myself just like you want me to be. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sorry that it's not in the exact way you want it to be. Yeah. yeah. That's cool that you're so open and that you just, yeah. you know, I mean, you really, s- I feel like, yeah. And you said that you were, I feel like you're very, have very like leadership type yeah. aura. Thank so you. to the fact that you are the oldest and you have kind of taken, you know, the reins with your family and really like introduced plant medicine all around i mean Mm -hmm. even that's huge that's huge even the non-card holders like they're more open to it and they Mm -hmm. know so they're aware and they're accepting and even that Mm -hmm. helps break stigma so it's really cool that you you've done that and really taken the reins with your family it's admirable yeah Yeah. i'll say like one more thing that really kind of inspired me to be more open is like why didn't i just consume and and keep it my own little secret Um, i had a friend in high school who unfortunately had uh, he thought it was cannabis, and it was it was like laced. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he ended up in the emergency room. And his parents not only were incredibly rude and disrespectful and grounded him and et cetera, but 
he was going through that traumatic experience. Could you imagine being yelled at and doing yeah. all of this at the same time? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I knew that the way to avoid that was through education. Mm -hmm. my like yeah. I, my youngest sister, even though she wasn't consuming, mm -hmm. my youngest sister at 14 knew what cannabis was, knew that I was using cannabis, knew what cannabinoids were, knew mm -hmm. what terpenes were. That's cool. All of these things because I didn't want someone when she turned 18 or if, when she's in high school, whoever she's hanging out with, I didn't want anyone to be able to miseducate her or not yeah. educate her on what she was mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. Because when I first smoked, I didn't know what a cannabinoid was. I knew that a little bit of plant material in the paper got mm -hmm. me high and mm -hmm. that felt good. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so it wasn't until much later where I delved into all the science and I started mm -hmm. to really understand that I was like, okay, this is the missing link. Yeah. This is what people need. Yeah. And then they will um, try to avoid, hopefully, the negative risks of you know buying from someone that you don't know. Or mm -hmm. like yeah. That. I feel yeah. like that's important, especially because maybe when, I mean, when you were trying it, things weren't as laced as they are able to be now or yeah, that's a great it's point. just yeah. random stuff so the fact that you took the ownership of you know educating her at a young mm -hmm. age it's like what we hear parents say on the podcast but it's cool to hear like it, it coming from an older yeah. sibling because I feel like that's kind of the first time we've heard that yeah but because you're like from my point of view with it you're responsible yeah you're very and like responsible. you're you know especially from like your background and you know, growing up in the Catholic church, like that's very strict. And then mm -hmm. have to have a very, like to be blessed with a large family on top of that. And then for all of them to have opinions, you know, you kind of just, you know, yeah. beautifully just like merged everybody together. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's definitely a gift of yours. And I'm yeah. sure other people could say the same thing. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. So Jacob, with that being said, in your own words, will you please tell us um, a little bit about um, what you do? Yeah. Uh, so, like, currently, like, what I do every day. Yeah. Well, Oklahoma fungi. Like, what? Yeah. What is? What do you do? Yeah. So, um, I sell mushroom supplies. I help people grow mushrooms. Whether you're a hobbyist grower or a commercial grower looking to, you know, build a grow or optimize a grow, I help people with that. I also do a lot of education. So, people who are interested in um, just learning as a beginner or maybe intermediate, people all the way up to the advanced level. I do private education. I also do a lot of public education. I've done. Three free education classes every month since the beginning of this year. Wow. And I've done now over 50 since 2020. And um, really, really grateful to say I've taught over 1,500 people how to grow mushrooms. That's wow. so rad. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I, have, I keep track because I have a newsletter, uh, like a sign-up sheet for all yeah. the people who yeah. come to my classes. And then I enter them in at the end of the class. And mm -hmm. I just have this tally of, of people. And, you know, it's like try not to gloat but like when I think about how many people that I've helped grow mushrooms mm -hmm. it's not just about the people but it's about the community because mm -hmm. how many people have you now helped their their yeah. local community yeah. like so I think about like for me my friend helped me with cannabis and now look how much it's helped me and mm -hmm. my family yeah. yeah so if I can just pay it forward and help these people learn how to grow lion's mane mm -hmm. or learn how to grow whatever type of mushroom they want to grow mm -hmm. think about uh, I try and put that positivity out there and really hope that it can make a lot of impact. So why mushrooms? What, like you are so passionate. We haven't even really tapped into mushrooms and just your passion for and cannabis. And we have a lot of questions. Yeah. So just brace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no but like your passion for cannabis just shows in your words. We haven't even tapped mm -hmm. into mushrooms, but like what attracted you to mushrooms and what was your first experience like meeting mushrooms? Yeah. So let's, let's think about this. My, at the time I was working um, at a science lab, um, uh, fast labs. Okay. And yeah, yeah. so, mm -hmm. you know, uh, unfortunately they've had some, some things happen. Uh, Oma had to shut them down. 
for some reasons. But at the time, I was a regional sales manager, and I was really excited to learn about soil testing, mm-hmm. water testing, cannabis testing, and just you know, cannabis testing was cool, but it wasn't what I was. Mo- I was really excited about the soil and the water. Yeah, it's like what's in our water mm-hmm. and what's in our soil is going to be in our cannabis. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so yes, for me, that was what got me interested in. Um, at the same time I was working there, I was also um, taking a microbiology class mm-hmm. at um, OCCC, okay, yeah. like a local community college. And over the 18 weeks of the class, um, two of the weeks were about fungi. Like mm-hmm. the whole microbiome, everything was about plants. Okay, food. am I saying it wrong? You said fungi. You could, you could say whichever way you like. Okay. Yeah. There's not a right or wrong. Potato, potato. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, nev- I'll never correct I'm anyone. S- I'm such like a name speller, correct, yeah. and like saying things right. So I just heard you say that. Sorry to interrupt your thought, but I was like, <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're – so I have people saying, like, is it, why do you say Oklahoma fungi? It's fungi. And like for me, not everyone knows how to say it. Yeah, not, you know, fungi, like, fungi. The biggest thing like that – the reason why people don't like mushrooms is because they're unapproachable because there's so much negative stigma. Mm-hmm. So the more we're like, you're saying it wrong. What's the Latin name? Yeah. What's this? What's that? And yeah. it just makes these beginners feel like they don't know and they yeah. don't want to try. That was a perfect yeah, example just was, now. Honestly, <laughs> so like for truly. me, you could say, hey, it's Oklahoma fungi. Hey, it's Oklahoma fungi. Okay. To me, I'm looking at you and I'm happy the exact same because okay. – you mean you might as well be saying Jacob? Yeah. I okay. feel like <laughs> fungi makes sense because it makes you sound like a fun guy. Yeah. Like that's what I think of when you, the way <laughs> you said I'm like, oh, you're guy. a fun guy. <laughs> and I even, so like when I first started the company and I bought Oklahoma F-U-N-G-I.com, uh-huh. I had a lot of people go to F-U-N-G-U-I.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I bought that one too. Smart. And then had it reroute. Smart. To, there you to go. Very smart. <laughs> Good and job. Because so, I was running into, hey, I've, I've sent you an email or oh, I've a... Uh, I've gone. I, I couldn't find your website. Yeah. I'm like, what'd you go to? Oklahoma Fun Guy. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess. Like and now they have no problem yeah. finding you. <laughs> yeah. and so now they can cool. they type it in wrong. It should still pop up. That's awesome. Do you remember what I interrupted earlier? No, it was yeah. a really good. It was thought. about the. the oh, you're the so mushrooms. good. Yeah, yeah. Good job. So, um, getting into mushrooms, microbiology. You know, of that 18 weeks, talking about you know bacteria and viruses and all this other interesting stuff. Two of the weeks were about fungi. One of the two weeks was about penicillin. Okay. The other week was the literal millions of other species of fungi that there are. He just glazed over all of that. Hmm. And so I'm sitting in class. I'm like, I really like this class, but I am not good at this. I got a D in that class. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, it was like, to me, it was the most fascinating class. That's cool that you decided to take it because I'm like, that like speaks volume for someone who just wants to go take a microbiology class. That sounds so overwhelming. I'm out. Yeah. The professor said at the beginning of the class, after looking through a microscope for the next 18 weeks, you will either be a, um, what's it called? A germaphobe Mm -hmm. or you will just be a soil like lover. And mm. for me, I dove into soil because I'm like, you can't avoid all these germs. They're everywhere. Right. Yeah. You like it right. Or not. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for me, getting into it and then when he, he just glazed over all the other things, I'm like, wait, there's poisonous mushrooms. Wait, there's edible mushrooms. Yeah. What are these mushrooms in the grocery store? Like, right. why do you talk about those? I've right. Never and like, and so for me, they didn't, I didn't learn about it in college, but the spark started in that class where he just kind of skipped over everything. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of look into Just read between the lines. So, yeah. you know, I That's applied so cool. for YouTube Premium and <laughs> said, oh, yeah. I, I'm out of here with these ads. Like, <laughs> Give me all this knowledge. I love and it. And I could, I could lock. Ad free, baby. <laughs> I could lock my phone while I'm driving and then have it hit play. So that way it'd 
it was still uh, playing still in the background play, right, without having to like have my phone open and get super hot because it's playing the screen too. and then the ads come up and it pisses you off like damn it we're at the pivotal I'm part like, of this, this pinnacle, episode like, i'm about to understand like the interactions of like plants and fungi in the soil and then it's like have you heard of HBO? <laughs> like, like, Damn it. Yes. Go away. But then that's exactly why they want you to have ad free. So yeah. anyways, so I know there's a lot of many different mushroom strains, mm-hmm. right? Just like there is cannabis. Aliens. What what's your favorite strain and why? Um, so are we are we talking about the like um, the strain of magic mushrooms? Or are we talking about species of all mushrooms? Let's say species of all mushrooms. Mm-hmm. My, my and then you can answer the other one too. Yeah. So I will say my favorite mushroom is the Psilocybe cubensis, and that is wow. the magic mushroom. That is the most common magic mushroom. If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. And the reason that is, is because it has influenced me and not only to become a better person, but to help educate other people to be better as well. And so that's, you know, it's, it's, I've eaten, I've eaten so many mushrooms, lion's mane, reishi, I've, I've taken chaga, I've taken turkey tail. I've had probably 20 plus you know, medicinal and functional mushrooms. But when I think about the profound effect that magic mushrooms have had on me, mm-hmm. I can't not say that one. Yeah, you have to, because yeah. it was so magical. It yeah. is so magical. Mm-hmm. And so for me getting onto the strain part of that, and so, um, not a lot of people know this, but Oklahoma, you know, the magic mushrooms grow in Oklahoma. And so um, especially they grow in Texas. They grow in all the southeastern states. And um, you know, it's been known that Oklahoma has these native Cubansis that grow in the, the cattle fields. Mm-hmm. But it's not been documented. And people haven't gone out there and collected them and spread the spores to everyone else. Okay. And so I was really fortunate two years ago uh, to go out there in a field. And it's on my YouTube. It's like my number cool. one video. And it's on my Instagram uh, I'm the first person to go out and fully document finding a magic mushroom in Oklahoma. Wow. Taking the spores, sending them out of state to verify the genetics. It is a Psilocybe cubensis. And then we verified the potency. And then we had a lab send us the spores. And now we sell the spores to everyone, whether you live in Oklahoma or not. So you can continue to grow our native mushrooms. That's so cool. What the frick? That's awesome. Wow. So that, okay, first of all, I call it's it so rad. Oklahoma Wild. Oh, that's Oklahoma cool. Wild. Wow, wow, Jacob, to be the first. That's so that's cool. That's so rad, Jacob. So this is a great transition into, so you s- send your spores, but you also help. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. He's is that the one you found on a cat in the cattle yeah, field? That's wow. It. So here's another. This is what they look like when they're small. Okay. So you would have no idea that that's a magic mushroom. That's kind of freaky looking. Okay, and that's on like cow poop, right? Yeah, exactly. This so, is growing directly. At, that's literally manure right there. So Saba, before you ask that question about your hunting mushrooms, so what the, a common thing that mushroom wow. lovers love doing if you know what you're doing. Wow. It's, just and It's literally shit. growing out of two pieces. It's growing in between two pieces of manure. Like. So how do you how do you recognize like what if you're mushroom hunting like that right how do you recognize uh, magic like mm-hmm. you know you know what I'm trying to say yeah so like in that photo I showed you there was four different species of mushrooms and there's only one magic one 
Okay. Oh. And so it's the main one. Like the, I, I tried to have other pic, other mushrooms in the photo because mm-hmm. I, I actually, when I posted it, I said, which one's the magic? And a lot of people got it wrong because a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. And so um, for the most part, if you want to know if a, mush, a psilocybe mushroom, uh, specifically the psilocybe cubensis, if it is what it is, you can break the stem mm-hmm. or you can um, rub the side of the stem a little bit and it will bruise blue. And so that is a sign of the dephosphorylation of a, like the compound that's connected with psilocybin converting to psilocin. Mm-hmm. And then that's essentially how you know that it is what it is. Now, that does not mean that every mushroom that bruises blue is a psychedelic mushroom. There are mushrooms that bruise blue in the Boli genus that they bruise incredibly dark cobalt blue and they are not psychedelic. And so it's really, it's, um, you know, identifying mushrooms is very difficult. And it is not something that, and this is why we always say, you know, all mushrooms are edible, some only once, because mm-hmm. after that, you're not coming back. Yeah. Okay, so you showed us those pictures and the, the cow, it's growing within cow manure. And I just have to say this because I, I can be a germaphobe. Is that hygienic to eat after? So, you know, like, because that's, it's. So here's the interesting thing about it is that in, in nature, all of these mushrooms, whether they're growing on a tree or whether they're growing out of manure, they have these yeast and these bacteria and all of these other insects that are crawling all over them anyway. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, whether you're eating something for like when I go out and collect lion's mane or collect oysters, some delicious non-psychedelic mushrooms, mm-hmm. I still check them for bugs. I still check them to make sure they look really good. Um, but ultimately, we clean them, we cook them before we eat them. Okay, got Now, it. with magic mushrooms, you can't cook them. Most yeah. people don't cook magic mushrooms because you'll de- you can degrade the potency depending on the temperature you get to. So what they'll do is they'll dry them out. Drying them out sometimes doesn't kill all the bacteria. And so people who eat the wild forage mushrooms can sometimes get a little bit of IBS, a little bit of gastrointestinal problems. And that's not from the mushroom. It's from the bacteria and the yeast on the surface of the mushroom. Okay. And so I don't recommend eating the wild forage um, cubensis unless, you know, that's your only option. And so at that point, it's kind of go at your own risk. Make sure you know your species. Make sure that you know you're in a safe environment when you mm-hmm. take them. Set and setting is incredibly important. And, um, you know, but ultimately, when you eat wild foraged plants or mushrooms, mm-hmm. you do risk having a little bit of um, IBS from the bacteria and yeast on any surface. So interesting. So you also help people start their own farms. What's the process of growing mushrooms look like? How long does it take? And, yeah, just... Tell us yeah. all about it. So if we were to start a kit today, if I were to have brought a kit, um, we would inoculate it. And that is going to take less than 10 minutes of work. What does inoculating mean? Inoculate means that, um, so we take a, a mushroom, uh, a syringe filled with water and mushroom spores. Mm-hmm. And we take a grain bag that has sterilized hydrated grains. And we add all of the inoculant, what the spores, into the bag. And so we call that process inoculation. Okay. So once the spores are inside the bag... Mm-hmm. They're surrounded by water. That is, if you kind of think about it like um, plant seeds. They need to be in soil that's dark, warm, and humid so they can germinate. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for spores, except for with fungi, you need two spores to germinate independently and connect. Whereas with plants, you only need one seed to germinate and grow. So if you only have one mushroom spore and it germinates, you're not going to get any mushrooms. Mm. There are some species that, that can produce asexually, but for the most part, they need to um two different spores to connect and then they can reproduce to actually make the mycelium and eventually the fruiting bodies. Wow. 
That's cool. So you help people set that up mm-hmm. and yeah. then they just take care of it over a period of what time? Yeah. So if we were to start today, the inoculation process takes less than 10 minutes. Okay. Now it would look from like a bag of grains mm-hmm. and then over the next month it would turn completely white. Okay. And so if you've seen like a mushroom bag before, you know, it looks kind of white mm-hmm. and that's what that grain bag will do. It turn completely white and that's how you know it's healthy and it's ready to go to the next step. The next step is what we call making a monotub or making, you know, we call it bag tech sometimes. And you'll take that sterile grain that's covered in mycelium and you'll mix it with manure if you want, sterile manure, or you can mix it with some other gardening amendments that are non-manure based. We offer both options. Okay. Uh, Some people want to grow in how the mushrooms are in the wild. And some people are like, I don't want manure at my house. I don't want to touch manure when I mix these things up. Yeah. So we try and offer options for everyone. Um, kind of like what you touched on earlier. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to eat mushrooms that grow out of manure. Mm-hmm. But the manure that we sell, we sterilize it. And so there is no bacteria. There's no okay. smell. Um, and so you don't have to worry about it smelling like a, a tub of crap. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's sterile. It is a tub of crap. But it's, yeah. it's going to grow you some mushrooms. Right. It's not yeah. going to stink up your room. Yeah. That's cool. cool. So two months total. Two months total. Okay. That's okay. not bad. Yeah. That's a pretty start, quick start, process. Start to finish, two months. The first the first month is waiting for the grains to colonize. The second month is waiting for the mushrooms to fruit. So how long do mushrooms last after that two months? Like how long do you have to consume them before they go do they go bad? Before yes. they go bad? So and depending on how you store them, the best way to store mushrooms, all mushrooms, this is not just the the active ones, all mushrooms to dehydrate them with a freeze dryer. Okay. Or uh, I guess just freeze dry them. Yeah, okay. Um, and that is the best way to preserve the terpenes because there are terpenes in mushrooms, mm. monoterpenes, triterpenes. There's a lot of things that are in mushrooms that when you dehydrate or when you um, let them um, get too hot, you lose a lot of the medicinal compounds. Mm-hmm. So freeze drying has been a, a new way that's been very popular among cultivators. Freeze drying, okay. So if you can freeze dry, then you can put it inside of a vacuum sealed bag yeah. or a jar with a desiccant. That okay. is probably the best way to store long term. Uh, now, fresh mushrooms, you can't store. So if you have fresh mushrooms, I highly recommend that you dehydrate them with a freeze dryer or just a regular dehydrator. Okay. And I say dehydrate even with, if it is with a freeze dryer, because ultimately it takes out the water. Right. And it, and it, I like the freeze dryer, though, because it keeps the shape. It looks beautiful mm-hmm. and um, without without losing its structure yeah. too much. Okay. Thanks for all that. But it is expensive, so if you don't have one, it's okay. You yeah. still make it work. Okay. So the thought of putting fungi into your body to heal can be kind of a weird thought to people, right? So how would you say, like, how do you break it down to say that mushrooms help work within our body to heal it? They're already there. We have thousands of species of, of microorganisms in our gut that are already doing all of the work that we don't know. They're the only reason that we're able to digest and make our and have our bodies absorb um, the compounds from our food. And so I think that for people who are skeptical or hesitant to get into eating mushrooms, it's mainly just because they see them as so far out there, they don't realize that they're already interacting with them, that they could not function properly without mm-hmm. them. And so I think it's just kind of educating them about that, hey, you know, you're already, even if you're not eating mushrooms, gourmet mushrooms or active mushrooms, there are species of fungi that are in you that are helping you metabolize, that are helping you be you. And so if you want to try these others, just know it's not going to negatively impact you because you already you already have some of these things. And so okay. trying to like make it more approachable and yeah. not so 
and not so um, standoffish where right. it's kind of like to try, you know, I've had so many, on my, in my own story, like growing up, we didn't eat mushrooms. We didn't forage mushrooms. Like people, I, I, I teach classes about foraging. People always ask me, oh my gosh, you're, you know so much about foraging. Did your family teach you? Did you learn? Is it like a generational knowledge? <laughs> I wish. I, yeah. This is all yeah. YouTube. This is, I literally, I taught my mom. I taught my siblings. Mm-hmm. I taught my grandma. And it, you know, I'm, there's so many people that I meet who are blessed with the opportunity to have it go the other way. Um, and, but for me, it's kind of like, even if you didn't, if, even if you weren't taught the benefits, you have the opportunity to teach about them yeah. and to help others. And so that's awesome. You're very well spoken, Jacob. Thank you. Yeah. I could listen to you talk all day. I feel like, so do you ever microdose with mushrooms and how do you find this benefits your mind, body and your day? Because that's, I mean, that's how my journey started with mushrooms is microdosing with um, magic mushrooms mm-hmm. in a gummy form. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually never taken actual mushrooms before. I've only taken them in gummy or chocolate form. Mm-hmm. But um, I microdosed for about a full year before I had my first trip. And when I did do that, I knew that I needed, it was like, it was very much so a healing moment for me because my mom had passed away and I knew that I needed to release a lot of tears and sadness that I kind of was Mm -hmm. holding in because I do that and I remember when I did it I cried for like six hours and I really had to like pull myself out but when I pulled myself out I felt like the like a whole I was rebirthed yeah and I think what's really interesting is like when people have those experiences it is often categorized as a bad trip people will say oh you had a bad trip I'm sorry to hear that but for me, you know, I've had very similar experiences where I've cried in my bed by myself and mm-hmm. I've told my parents, I've told my my wife and I've told people about it. I'm not embarrassed about it because mm-hmm. it changed me for the better. Yes. That experience helped me. Mm-hmm. It changed my thought process. You know, was it difficult to go through? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, did I need it? Did I know I needed it? Mm-hmm. Probably not. But I wouldn't go back and change it. Yeah. And so for me, you know, microdosing, um, you know, microdosing is something that I always recommend that people start with, and that is to make sure that the compounds don't negatively impact them. Yeah. Because I learned with cannabis, you know, even the things that everyone says you shouldn't have, um, you know, a little bit of visuals on, my sister did. And so that made me approach mushrooms with even more caution. So when I mm-hmm. recommend someone to start with mushrooms, I always recommend, you know, 0.1 or 100 milligrams of yeah. the fruiting body. Mm-hmm. And from there, that is a sub-perceptual dose, you know, uh, 100 milligrams to 300 milligrams is typically subperceptual. You don't notice the effects. Mm-hmm. It's just like taking a vitamin. You literally have no idea that it's mm-hmm. that it's doing anything. And that's the goal. You don't want it to impact your day. Mm-hmm. What you want it to do is relax your body, relax your mind just a little bit, but not in a noticeable way. And so for me, I always recommend starting with that 100 milligram dose. Mm-hmm. If that feels good or you don't notice, you don't notice any negative impacts, then we know you can go up. Mm-hmm. But if you get like IBS issues from 100 milligrams, I'm not going to recommend a macro dose. I'm not going to recommend anything like that. And so mm-hmm. it's almost a way as, as to tiptoe into it. So as these people start with 0.1 and they get to 0.3, and then they feel like maybe microdosing isn't helping and they need something a little bit more upfront, then uh, I recommend, you know, maybe moving to a larger dose. Um, and I typically, you know, from a 0.3, I'll recommend to a 1, from a 1 to a 2, a 2. I, okay, and slowly I, work your way absolutely. up. Absolutely. Titration Smart. levels mm-hmm. is super important, specifically for people who've never had a psychedelic. 
So I have a question. So I've always heard with mushrooms that once you start with a dose, if you add a dose on top of it, it, it won't work or doesn't work the same or doesn't have the same effect. Is that true? And if so, why is that? Because I know it has something to do with it being fungus in your body and how it like responds. But what what's your take on that? It has to do with the digestive process. Okay. And so chitin, what all, all mushrooms are made of, mm-hmm. same stuff that insects exos- exoskeleton is made out of. That okay. doesn't creep you out. Yeah. Like, that's does. so weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's super weird. And like, why nature? But how do you do that? Um, but yeah. So the thing about chitin, though, is that it's really hard for our bodies to digest. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we cook mushrooms really good. And if you cook mushrooms, you know that it's actually really hard to burn them or really hard to yeah. like completely ruin them because they have s- such a weird structure where they can almost not, they can take a little bit of heat without overcharring. And so in our bodies, we don't have a way to cook them. All we have is that digestive process, and that takes time. Okay. And so if you, you know, take a dose of mushrooms, you wait an hour and you don't feel it, and you take another dose, you're not going to feel maybe both at the same time, but what you'll feel is a more prolonged experience. And that's just, you're just essentially extending the amount of time. You're not, gotcha. not going to bump up the level. You're just going to extend and kind of plateau. Gotcha. And so if you, I always tell people, if you're wanting to go for that macro experience, if mm-hmm. you're needing to go for a higher dose, take it all at once. Yeah, start with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the last thing you know that, that I like to hear from people is, well, I started with this, and then I didn't feel anything, so I started with this, and then it just it didn't do anything. And it's like, well... I'm sorry that you had these expectations mm-hmm. for this experience, but ultimately the chemistry, the body chemistry that goes into it, like it's not like with cannabis. We don't just, it doesn't just go straight into the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And so now of course, you know, if we're talking about things like extracts and gummies, mushroom extracts, those things you'll feel much faster. But still today, majority of chocolate bars, majority of capsules use the fruiting bodies, the dried mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And that takes a while for our body to metabolize. Okay, thank you for clearing that yeah. up. Yeah, so in the mushroom world, what is the most healing strain you would say? Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Jade Pebworth over at the Me Law Group in Oklahoma focuses to provide you with a comprehensive approach and intelligent advice and representation focused on resolving problems rather than inflating them. She kills it with civil litigation, cannabis law, business planning, corporate law slash litigation, and family law. She enjoys working with companies from the ground up. Whether you need her to review and draft contracts for your company, assist in licensing applications, and more, the Me Law Group has your back. Now, let's get back to today's episode. So, Hillbilly, actually, was just nominated in the Psilocybin Cup as the number one for microdosing, as an intro for people who microdose. Really? Yeah, so there's a Psilocybin Cup out in Oakland, California. Uh, I was a speaker at their their conference two years ago, and they take three different categories, a macro dose, a micro dose, and a, I think it's like a heroic dose, or they have three different categories, I can't remember, but I I do know, because I just saw it, that Hillbilly won the micro dose category. And so the reason that was is because it wasn't overly potent, I guess the genetics across the board, people who submitted, the potency didn't... um, very wide enough to, okay so it was, it was really good for people who are intro into mushrooms and so now that's what was just recently published but before that i would always recommend starting with golden teachers golden teachers is a very some people call them gold caps some people call them just caps um I'm trying to think of some of the other names some people call them boomers 
Uh, it's kind of funny because we're in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, so for the the dosing and stuff like that for mushrooms, I always just be be slow, low and slow about it, and mm-hmm. but just know that you can't can't take um, more and increase that experience at the same time. It's just going to prolong the effects. Okay. So what's your favorite fact about mushrooms that always blows people's minds? There are millions of species out there, and if okay, and if we just started looking, you could have a species named after you. There are still mushrooms in Oklahoma that are undescribed. There are there's never been a mushroom guide in Oklahoma, ever. Wow. Twenty twenty four, look out. Yeah, a hey. <laughs> seriously, I'm I, trying to get a I, mushroom named so after cool. you, Jacob. I have a hundred. <laughs> I have a list of a hundred and four of the most common mushrooms I've come across in the past three years. Wow. I'm narrowing them down to forty five species. Ooh. Those 45 species will make it into the official guide, and that'll be released in 2024. Sick. That's so cool. So speaking of that, the first ever Oklahoma Mushroom Festival is coming up on October 15th at the Oklahoma City Farmer's Market, and it's called Let's Grow Together. That's really cute. Can you paint the picture on what people who are attending can expect at their first mushroom festival here? Yeah, so this festival is going to be one of the biggest networking mushroom events in in the U.S., we have people coming from Puerto Rico, wow. we have people from Florida, Pennsylvania, California, Oregon, Washington, wow. Arizona, Colorado, Utah. We have people like I think it's like almost over ten states now that uh, we have companies coming from out of state to come here to network, to vend, to educate. And so right now we have eight different education classes, all different topics, ranging from the dean of USAO coming to talk about why we need more mycologists all the way to a veteran from Pennsylvania who came back from Afghanistan, used psychedelic mushrooms, changed his life, and now he sells functional mushrooms and educates people much like wow. I do. He's actually my mentor. I'm super grateful That's and happy cool. to have What him. a rad mentor. I know. A gem. Yeah. So he's, he's coming here. So we have eight education classes, seven hands-on workshops. We have an immersive experience room. We're going to have over 50 market vendors. There's an op- uh, not an open bar, but it's like a, a bar where you can purchase the beer, liquor, uh-huh. all of that, and hang out and listen to the education. Uh, then we also have a couple of food vendors on site. Wow, I can't wait to go. It sounds awesome. <laughs> That's fucking rad, Jacob. Thank it's you. cool to hear that, one, you're so young and you've built such a big community. Oh, yes. And two, it's not just like a young kid coming in and trying to like, you know, what people think young kids do, mm-hmm. but it's like you have a wealth of knowledge and education yeah, you're behind you. And the way that you speak I mean, I haven't seen you speak to people, but I can only imagine because you've spoken to us. But the, the same way, way he's talking to us. Yeah, I, I mean, the way that you speak to people, it's like you speak to them like you see them, like mm-hmm. you're one of them, like you're just wanting them to mm-hmm. know more. And that's really admirable and very attractive as a person. Thank you so like, much. Like, it's just, I feel like it's easy to just be like naturally gravitate towards people like that. So it's really cool to see what you've built. And I cannot wait to go to the festival. Yes. <laughs> like, that's so we rad. Will, we will see you there. I've got some media passes in store for y'all. Cool. So, yeah. Thank so we'd you. We'd love to have you there, document and check it out. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah this is something that, you know, no one thinks about mushrooms. I've gone to California to speak about mushrooms. I've gone uh, next month. I go to Washington the weekend before our festival. I'm going to Washington to speak about how to build community. Cool. And it's because people are recognizing that in Oklahoma, there's people don't hear about mushrooms in Oklahoma. Yeah. But there's this, this company and there's this community of people that are like blowing up. And that's the reason that I love to go out to these festivals. Cause I love having Oklahoma. I love repping Oklahoma. Yeah. I love I love showing up at a place and people are like, wait, you're from Oklahoma? 
And it's just like, yeah, I'm from Oklahoma. This is what we do. Yeah. Like, this is all that we do. This is what we love. And they wouldn't think that because they would expect yeah. like an East Coast exactly. or like a yeah, like yeah. a West I, Coast person or something exactly. like that. Or, or I'm from Denver. Like, yeah. I always get yes. Are you from the West Coast, Colorado, or the East Coast? Yes. And it's yes. Like, I'm from Oklahoma. I'm actually from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Born from Oklahoma. Born raised. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, and it, people expect businesses. People expect educators from those hubs. Mm-hmm. But. What we don't is we don't feel inspired by it. when you hear from someone from L.A. is a psychedelic educator. You're like, yeah, that, that makes sense. They're, they're in L.A. Yeah. But if you hear someone from Oklahoma, you're like, wait a second. Like, how is someone in Oklahoma doing this? It like I immediately know. catches your attention. You're it makes so you right. like flip your head and be like, wait, who is this person? Mm-hmm. And it makes me it, I hope that it inspires people who are like in Kansas mm-hmm. or like Ohio yeah. or Indiana, like places where. <laughs> People are like all great states. Who are also all, like yeah, all great examples. <laughs> yes, like I have friends in those states that are coming to the event, and so like there are places that mushroom things are happening. That's cool, but they're just not on people's radar. And right. So if we can inspire people, you know, the only reason I'm on the internet is for the business. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason. Yeah. If I if it wasn't if I wasn't on there for that, I'd be outside foraging. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be out like doing what I love doing. But yeah. it's even cooler that I get to share it with people and then I actually get to lead forays with people. Mm-hmm. And the goal for me is that this event, if whether you live on the West Coast or the East Coast, it's the same distance. Yeah. Right? So yeah, it's, it's not right like, in the middle. It's not, it's not like a mm-hmm. West Coast thing where you got to fly all the way from New York or the East Coast all the way over. Yeah. Everyone, what, no matter which coast you live on, mm-hmm. except for the person coming from puerto rico yeah shout out to them <laughs> that's fucking to, cool yeah, shout out to brown treasure substrates thank you so much for coming all the way out from puerto rico that's cool that's really rad so you were also recently in telluride for their mushroom festival mm-hmm. what was that like and like how is it gonna how is it different from what you're bringing to oklahoma mm. so i would say one word and that is urban okay Telluride is situated in the middle of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you guys had the opportunity? Yeah, yeah we've been. We we've did. Through Telluride. Yeah. yeah. So, and have you checked the accommodation prices? Okay. Yeah. So we were gonna go for one it's night. It's quite we were like, expensive. Oh, and giggles. Let's go. And they were so expensive. But then we that was the highest mountain we've ever stayed on. And we do you remember that we was like thirteen or fourteen thousand feet we up. Camped. Yeah, camped. Okay. What I say. Oh, you said stayed on, but yeah, I didn't yeah, know if you on. meant like in an Airbnb. No, 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 or like, camped on. And okay. I remember we had to like, we drove a little ways up and it was like, we've never camped in, I want to say terrain like that, but it was like literally rugged rock like all around us. And we really had to like fight with oh, all the man. elements. My little to, like, Jeep like whipped that. it through the yeah, mountains for sure. Yeah, we were killing it. Adventure girls. Yeah, yeah. big adventure girls. Yes. And like that was, we never stayed in terrain like that. And we, I think we moved our tent around like twice mm-hmm. because it was the wrong direction or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, Telluride was so expensive, so we ended up doing that, which was great, but we also picked a kind of a pop-in spot. Yeah, we were like, oh, there's, <laughs> there's like, you know, a few other people up at 12,000 feet up here, too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they must have had the same ideas. as yeah. damn it. Right. They're like, this is my mountain. Yeah, I'm like, well, welcome another person. Yeah. Our mountain. Right in the middle, me and Brandon were like running circles trying to figure out where to pee because we were surrounded by everyone. <laughs> yeah, you're like, everyone's going to see I was us. like, damn it, Brand, will you keep an eye? And she was like, on who? Everyone's around us oh my gosh i know anyways yeah Yeah, um, so i would say you know with telluride there when i went to telluride i was surrounded by myco celebrities like people who are known around the world like not just the u.s but around the world for mushrooms and so and and i don't mean that because i was anyone special it's great networking though yeah like Mm -hmm. i mean that because you're walking in the streets like you like i saw dr andrew wheel uh who's like oh a Harvard graduate, like big educator, big uh, holistic 
uh, author. I'm like, I'm sitting in line to get my tickets to Taylor, and I look at my wife, and I'm like, is that Dr. Andrew Wheel, like, over there? Like, she's like, oh, my gosh, that is. Like, where else are you going to see these people, like, just standing on the street? Taking time to, like, be in a Yeah, he's a keynote present. speaker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a keynote speaker, and he's just hanging out, and he's willing to chat with anyone and everyone. Yeah. That's cool. And so for me, Telluride is almost like the reason it is so expensive is because you're paying not for just the festival. The mountains. You're paying to <laughs> for the view. You're also mm-hmm. paying for the possibility to run into a celebrity on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, it's truly like a package, I feel like. Like, yes, it's expensive, but it, like, comes with quality and, like, the atmosphere. It's, like, magical there from, in a lot of different ways. Yes, from a business, from the Oklahoma Fungi business perspective, it is well worth the investment to go and network. Coming from, you know, someone who did not know much about mushrooms, this would not be the festival I would yeah. go to as my first festival because you're going to spend, I'm not lying, over $500 it, just on... So the ticket was four hundred, right? Yeah. Okay. And then after that, you have accommodation, you have travel, you have food. Right. So you've already spent a thousand dollars just right there. I spent two k. Yeah. Yeah. I spent two k. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I spent it was two hundred fifty dollars a night for the Airbnb. It was a studio, and um, you know there are people who are fortunate enough to get the camping spots, but those sell out so, so fast. fast. Oh wow. So fast. And so everyone else has to pay, and you know I'm not. I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to go. At the same time, I'm telling everyone that I know, if you're a beginner, do not go to this because you can't get your money's worth. Yeah. If you're a beginner, go to my free stuff or go to free education in yeah. your state. Learn online. Try mm-hmm. and learn as much as you can. So when you go and you meet these celebrities, you're not asking them what's Lion's Mane. Yeah, yeah no, I think Which that's that, a really yeah. solid um, recommendation. It's kind of like MJ BizCon for mm-hmm. cannabis. Yeah. You know, It's like a big event, very expensive. Yeah. And it's like... Go there if you have a purpose, but if you're a beginner, it's not the best, uh, it's not the most approachable festival for yeah. you. Yeah. And so getting back to what you asked earlier about like why, what's the big difference is that for my festival, I've traveled, I've seen so many different events. I've gone to the East Coast, West Coast, and then uh, even in Colorado, and I've seen the amount of people who wish they could be a part of it, but can't. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's the accessibility for me that really like, we could all grow so much faster. This community could be bigger than we can all imagine if we just all came together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that for me, the reason why the reason why the tickets are tiered out and that education just isn't included with everything is because not everyone has the whole day. Not mm-hmm. everyone can take the whole day off. Some people can only get a half day or leave work yeah. two hours early. Yeah. Choose their schedule. How exactly. They, can they, can, they only have to pay $15. They can come and network with over 50 vendors and mm-hmm. meet speakers that are walking around. Mm-hmm. So it's not always yeah. about, you know, showing up and being there the whole day. Right. You know, for me, it's about the people who can only be there for an hour or two hours. Mm-hmm. What are they getting out of it? Do they enjoy it? Right. Yeah. Because if they enjoyed it, then I would hope that the people who stayed there all day have great reviews as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. So. You host free mushroom education events twice a month at different locations across our state, Um, but you also provide, like, consultations for mushroom cultivation, um, extraction, lab design stuff, and more, and I think that's so cool that you can offer, like, such a well-rounded service, I feel like. Um, So when is your next education class, and where is it at? 
So this, my upcoming education class this weekend is at the uh, City of Edmond Recreational Education Center. Okay. And um, that is a, I think there's only three spots left. Okay. And there's 50 total. So there's a lot of people. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So, so it's, the City of Edmond invited me about six months ago. And then they said it was great turnout. And then they put me on the schedule. Oh, cool. That's cool to be yeah. put on yeah. the schedule again. It's, it's really that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, you know. It's a long time coming from being the guy who's like in tie dye with mushrooms and people are just judging mm-hmm, me and yeah. thinking that I eat psychedelics and I sell psychedelics. Right. And, and you're just like, like really happy about life. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm doing everything but that. Like people report me for selling psychedelics. People really try and rain on my parade because I'm so happy about mushrooms, even if they're not psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah. Like yeah. People like, for whatever reason, like if you, if you look on my Oklahoma Mushroom Festival post, people post negative things that it's not about psychedelics. So like this, if this ain't about magic, I ain't going. You know, like all, so all these different things. And it's like that mindset is what makes people miss out, not just on this community, but on so much more in life. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, to classify, you know, mushrooms just as, oh, if it's not magic, I don't care. Yeah. It's just like, well. Yeah. You know, it just expands your mind. Yeah. Like be willing to. It's not to, even about the magic. Like, yeah. You know, we're we're going to be talking about the Oklahoma Psilocybin Research Program. That's our keynote mm-hmm. presentation at the very end of the night. And we're, it's, we're there to educate people about why it's not passing. Why yeah. for the past two years yeah. have we been submitting bills that aren't passing? Yeah. Well, because the House of Representatives didn't like decriminalization. Mm-hmm. And then the House of Senators didn't want it to pass. So they passed it on to other committees. And then the session ended. Yeah. And here we are, three years later, going to try and submit again. And we'll see how that goes. But ultimately, what we need is more educated people who care more about mushrooms than just the magic. Yeah, that's good. Because all mushrooms are magic. That's good, yeah. You're right. You're, You're right. so right about that. Well, we ask everyone this question, Jacob, but what's a stigma surrounding cannabis and mushrooms that you like to see changed? The functional. I think that when people see me and they, or they see you guys and they see other people who are successful, not at business, but just happy, right? Success doesn't mean money. Success means maybe your, your outlook, maybe how you're perceived yourself. And for me, mushrooms and cannabis have been perceived so negatively that if we can get more leaders, more people who um, are actively, you know, in a sense, being like a lobbyist almost right. for these for these these plant and fungal medicines, like it's really important that we have people. Yes, it's great that, that I'm using these as medicines for me, mm-hmm. but if I were to keep it a secret and I didn't teach anyone, it's gonna take a lot longer for everyone else to find their medicine too. Yeah. yeah. So I I think that for me, the stigma that I want to break is the lazy user of cannabis or the this the trippy hippie type yeah thing. yeah you know, it's yeah. Like, yeah there's a lot of people like when i go to these festivals and um, you know it's like one thing that i always love is that we we go mushroom foraging right and mm-hmm. so we there was this one festival i went to in pennsylvania we found over 500 species wow and they were all sent to a lab to dna sequence and verify and submit and like all this scientific data uh-huh. and i like the funniest thing to me though was that someone brought some magic mushrooms and put it on the table with a label and it's like Obviously, we wouldn't have find, found those in the area. Yeah. But it's like the community, even if mm-hmm. we don't talk about mushrooms, even on my page, I don't talk about psychedelics. I don't actively promote using or microdosing. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to me about it, I'll talk with you about it. Yeah. yeah. I just can't promote it on my page because if I do, I will get shut down. Yeah. And then for I sure. can't even teach you about Lion's Mane. Anything. And yeah. then it's not worth it. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so for me, you know, when you come to these events, even if they're not about magic mushrooms, your community is there. Yeah. yeah. Network with them. Mm-hmm. Speak with other people and you can make those connections. And 
yeah, I just think that for so long people have categorized people who use psychedelics or cannabis as people who are inefficient or mm-hmm. maybe lacking or that they couldn't do it without it. Right. And I think for me, it's yeah, we're this is, we're gonna show them that we're functional users, that this is something that we use because it benefits us, it helps us. Like for me specifically, the PTSD, the anxiety, some of the depression, like these are these are really, really important medicines for me and I will stand behind them. Yeah. I love that. I That's love awesome. your passion yeah. about it. Thank you for sharing it with yeah. us. Absolutely. Well, I think Jacob, this wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for chatting with us. I feel like I learned so thing. much. Yeah. For everyone listening, if you use OK Fungi 10 on the ticket website, you'll get 10% off. Okay. That's Fungi, F U N G I. OK F U N G I 10. And that is a promo code to get 10% off on all the tickets. So, so cool. I'd love to have your listeners show up and hang out. Yes. yes. For those of you listening, make sure you go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jacob. Yes. We really appreciate you being here and just spreading all your wealth of knowledge and just we your passion so for the for mm-hmm. all plants, for the plants, yeah. for the plants we talked about. Exactly. <laughs> and to stay up to date with everything that Jacob at Oklahoma Funky Mushrooms is doing, you can follow him on Instagram at Oklahoma Funky and visit his YouTube channel for a bunch of easy educational videos as well. Thank you for everyone who chose to hit play. To Wow. Thank you for everyone who chose to hit play on today's episode. Stay tuned for next week. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Much love. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.